0: i'm santuan i'm antoine and we the connected experience bro what's the connected experience it's a lifestyle the lifestyle our lifestyle how that lifestyle treat you oh man that lifestyle is beautiful man they got us sitting here with one of the the best djs to ever do it man and i'm i'm happy we get to to get her story from her she she's a real fixture in the dj community and the hip hop scene overall, man. We got DJ K mean in the house. What's up? How you doing?
1: It's good? What's good? I think that's a, a bit extreme, those, those words, but I appreciate it.
0: That ain't
2: extreme because when we met you, you was putting on for the loo and you still doing it, and we mm-hmm. done heard a lot of people because of you. So I wouldn't I mean, say that was extreme. That was well thought if, out. You if I ain't gonna that,
1: do nothing, that. if I ain't gonna do nothing, I'm gonna talk about St. Louis for sure. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere I go.
0: So since since we're talking about St. Louis, what was it like growing up in St. Louis? Like, tell us, break down, like, your whole experience just coming up in St. Louis before any of the music, rather, like, just being a little girl outside in St. Louis.
1: I'll say, like, where I grew up, it's, like, a weird place. Like, it's, it's, like, technically, like, the suburbs of the main, like, St. Louis, but it's still, like, the way St. Louis is set up is... St. Louis and St. Louis County. So it's really the same city, but it's split in half into one, two separate counties. But then there's, of course, outside counties, and then there's the Illinois side. But where I'm from is like really only 10 minutes from like downtown, but it's technically the suburbs. And so it's a nice neighborhood, but then like a block over, it's crack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and gangs. So I got white friends, I got drug dealer kid friends. You know what I'm saying? What's the name it's, of the neighborhood? I'm from Ferguson, born and raised. Oh, you from
2: Ferguson?
1: Yeah, so on the end of TV, you know, when all that stuff went down, Ferguson was painted to be much worse than it ever was, really. But, like, it was a city that always walked the line. It was, like, really a, it's a middle-class America, especially during, like, the early 2000s, late 90s. It was textbook middle-class America experience, for real. The schools I went to was half white, half black, for the most part. And, you know, it was safe. It, most of the time it was safe. But, of course, like I said, a couple blocks away, we still had projects and crazy stuff going on. And not, so I was able to see everything and, and nothing at the same time sheltered, but also close enough to see the real life.
2: So not being from Ferguson and, you know, the reputation that it has in the national media, mm-hmm. how, how, how realistic is that? And what I mean is when I started to dig into Ferguson after that stuff, a lot of stuff that was coming up, I felt like could have just been being placed in front of the person looking. Uh so like what's what's real life in Ferguson? Is it a racial tension between the police and the uh citizens? Because it's a city like that out here called uh Westland. Mm-hmm. And Westland is very uh very much middle class, but it's white ranch the mayor, the police, yeah. and all of that is white ran. So black people, we kind of, when it comes to the police, oh, you don't want to drive through Westland, make sure you got your seats yeah. put on. And then Westland is so big and it's so chopped up that you would be an angster, then Westland right across the street, then you will be in Dearborn Heights and Westland. So what's the real racial tension like?
1: It sounds like it's the same thing for real. So like when I was a kid in Ferguson, it was of course it, it was uh mostly a white government and system and all that stuff. But it wasn't like what from my experience and what I, I can only speak from mine, you know, it was just, the police was usually nice when we were kids, but you know, as you get older and experience more things, the kind of the world changed a little bit and and I did see that they became more aggressive and it was more people getting pulled over and, and those kind of things. And just not just in St. Louis, but really like North St. Louis County in general, all of the municipalities were very like predatory with pulling people over for petty things and a lot of it's like a, really af- one thing that happened from ferguson and, and the mike brown thing is that a lot of those small little towns in st louis county they all got in trouble for all the predatory arrests they were doing from speeding tickets and little registration tickets and stuff they were doing a lot of lawsuits and they had to, a lot of that stuff stopped or slowed down a lot since then
0: right right so you you actually learned to play several instruments as a kid. Like, what was that experience like? Was are, are your parents musicians? Like, how did that come about?
1: My mom is not musically inclined at all. My dad is not musically inclined at all. My mom doesn't even hardly doesn't listen to music really ever. <laughs> like, so her daughter my is sister, <laughs> she don't even listen to music. yeah, my sister, uh, you know, like, dad would sing it a little bit, so I, it probably came from her. A little bit, um, and I had like some older, like my mom's uncle song song but no, it was really just something that was in me. It wasn't built, it wasn't a family thing at all. <laughs> it just something I was drawn to. My brother, um, we both kind of were drawn to my brother. Like he can play by ear, even though he didn't really pursue music fully. He he's an engineer. He's an electrical engineer now, but um, he we all we had the talent, but I don't know, it wasn't from my parents. <laughs> that so all. what what
0: what are the instruments that you play? Say several.
1: Um. I mean, I'm not good at them now because I'm out of practice. But of course, you know, like everybody started with the recorder, <laughs> you know, in like elementary school. Then I learned to play the violin for a little while.
2: You didn't I played play the violin. Clarinet.
1: I only played for like two years, so now That's I can't. The violin. <laughs> That's a nice. But it was to like in, it was like third and fourth grade. I can't. Remember. I probably couldn't play it now, but I played the, I played, that. I played the court the clarinet for about four years, from like fifth grade to eighth grade or so. And then I, I learned to play the piano in one class in high school, but I never really followed up on it. But most of that, I just taught me how to, you know, read and understand music theory more than anything.
2: What's your favorite instrument out of all of those to play?
1: Well, I really wanted to learn how to play the drums, but my mom wouldn't let me. Wow, <laughs> wow. yeah. Wow, I think know she know thought girls couldn't play the, play the drums, really, is what it was. But uh, yeah, because she let my brother play them. So, that's what it yeah. was for you.
0: So you you speaking about your brother, y'all used to throw like talent shows or like parties when y'all was kids and he parties? would perform?
1: Well, you know, we did the little like, you know, living room shows for sure, but I wasn't really a performer. I was the organizer, like putting all my cousins in line, choosing the songs and the set list and all that stuff. <laughs> and so, you know, I imitate life.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now that you are getting older, is you you going outside you knowing that st louis is where it's popping at like how do you emerge on the music scene how do you just like you just go out the house and how do you know where to go for the music
1: um when i graduated high school i um started going to st louis university and um i decided that i wanted to you know start doing stuff like that and one of the homegirls who i went to high school with she was doing street teaming putting up posters and all that stuff and so I kind of got with her and started doing it through the company they were doing. It was called AMP, Um, and so I was hanging out flyers and hand in hands, table tents, posters, all of that stuff. And at the same time, in my dorm room, I started doing a music blog covering whatever young talent was going on in St. Louis at the time. This was during the MySpace era, so I was like ripping songs from MySpace pages. (laughs) Somehow, I found like programs to steal songs off of MySpace pages. Who was
0: popping at that time? Who was popping? Um,
1: This was when Huey was first starting. Um, I don't, did the bangers make it up to y'all? They had like the, the Ain't No Bitchin' Me and Run Up Get Down Up in those songs. I don't
2: think that made uh, it
1: up to us. They had like some regional success, but I don't know if it made it up that far north. But um, And so those are a couple of the, the main, uh the Dream, um, Shorty the Prince, you know, eventually he went up to Detroit with y'all. So he had his, his music going, all those kind of things. I was one of the people breaking them on the internet at the time. Like some of their first music, I was the first person to put them online.
0: That's dope. That's dope.
1: I was like taking the CDs I would get in the streets from them and, and putting them on the internet.
0: That's dope. So, so you A and R for the street
1: <laughs> or something?
0: Yeah, I mean, because that this is what's eventually going on. So you wanted yeah. to be an A and R. So right. what what about discovering new talent just was it for you like because that's a talent in itself a real A&R is going to go discover the talent so what about knowing that was, was what made you want to do that
1: I don't know just something about seeing something in like pure form and helping it grow that, that is exciting to me I don't know why or when where or how it came from just something I always wanted to do from as far as I can remember I, it's, it's always what I wanted to do
2: Dope. So where, where did your brother, uh, like as you coming up and MySpace in MySpace coming and you doing the street team and stuff, what is your brother doing at this time?
1: He was away in school. He might say he's an engineer. So he was in like, he was at, um, he went to a science and technology school. So he was in the books. And so he, he, he took that route. He did a little rapping in college with his homeboys and stuff, but never like nothing serious. And so he, he decided to go that way.
0: All right. So now let's, go to 2012 and you tell yourself i'm about to become a dj a real dj <laughs> right so like was it like an aha moment or like how did this what what made you decide that you wanted to be a dj because you discovering all this new music you breaking it online mm-hmm. and you you keeping up with the times because you are you you're doing the street team stuff so what makes you decide to become a dj well
1: two things um one it's really something I just said I always wanted to do. Like I was making the mixed CDs and I was somebody that like took my time choosing the order of mixed CDs, like songs that had to sound good together when I was making mixed CDs with people. Um, and then I was always around DJs. So I was kind of like just watching how they did it. And it was just something I kept putting off. And then one day I just said, I'm going to stop putting it off and just do it. Two. Secondly, part of breaking artists is interacting with DJs. And to me, it's easier to talk to a DJ if they feel like you're their peer. And so to me, that was a finesse to get in the door a different way.
0: Right, so what was the first record that you broke as a DJ?
1: Um,
0: Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me ask another question first. What was the first record that you played as a DJ? <laughs> that
1: I played? Well, I started doing mixtapes, so it wasn't like just one song. Because the first things I did when I was practicing and teaching myself how to DJ was mixtapes. So it was like a, a group of songs. Uh, so I don't know if it was just one. Now, when but, you say uh,
2: mixtape, you was blending them in?
1: Yeah, I was. That's how I taught myself to DJ is is practicing making mixtapes and, and, and learning the timing that way. What was the first well, before of I did any parties hard. and then, <laughs> I don't even know the name of it, but it was just like this little cheesy, cheap, like little toy looking controller that I got. I like, probably on Amazon or something. Like I still got it in my closet every now and then I look at it just to remind myself. <laughs> like that's where it started. It, <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. I can't imagine. Can't even believe I used to use it like. <laughs> But I never used it, like, outside. I just did, like, the mixtape stuff <laughs> on it, for real. It was that and, like, the free virtual DJ is all I had when I was figuring it out from there. And then slowly, you know, I just bought better stuff and, and it got better. And, and then I started doing, you know, like, a couple, like, private parties and stuff. And then uh, eventually, occasionally doing, like, bars and lounges and stuff.
0: Do you remember the first person who ever hired you to do a party?
1: I think it might have been one of my cousins uh, for her birthday or something like that.
0: No. Did she pay you?
1: Yeah, of course.
2: Okay, cause that count. Cause I was gonna say if it's just Cuz, that don't count. But if she paid, if Cuz paid you, that count. But what was that feeling like? Like you done did all of this stuff, and then you you finally get paid to do something that you've been practicing at. So they obviously think you're good at this.
1: I don't know if I ever took it that way. People ask, like my mom said, they keep asking you to come. Damn, must like you do that. I'm just like whatever. Like it's never been about the money for me. So. I don't really ever, like, look at it that way. That it well, good it. It's about
2: the money, but when people hire you, that means they believe in what you do. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm a photographer, uh, but I, I I started taking pictures of my daughter
1: because mm-hmm. my daughter's
2: beautiful. So, like, I started off taking pictures of my daughters, and then when I posted my daughter turning 10, I took pictures for her because she wanted a photo shoot. Right. And I posted those pictures. Like, people started calling me, to come take pictures for them and it's like once you get paid for well, like i'm a professional <laughs> you you know right. what i'm saying like i'm a professional yeah. so it's just like when other people think that you're good they that's how they tell you like here i'm willing right. to spend my hard-earned money with you the first time i did it i was like yo, i'm gonna do this like at least every weekend like you know yeah. what i'm saying just like I, because i enjoy it you know what i'm saying yeah. so when i'm out taking pictures i do a lot of private events so a lot of the stuff i don't even post this out of the privacy mm-hmm. for my clients because I just right. meet dope people. But it's like, when they call, keep calling you back and calling you back and it's like, yo, that picture you took of my grandma, yo, that's the one mm-hmm. right there. Like, we need you again. And it's like, yo, I'm going to do this every time they call me because I yeah. enjoy this. You know what I'm saying?
1: And I think um, part of the issue, like, with me is it DJing and stuff. Like, it, it was never, like, my my ultimate goal. So I never, like, took it that way to where I, where I was, like, Oh people keep wanting me to come do this that means I must be good at it cuz it was just something I did cuz I wanted to not because I wanted to be the best at it you know so I never really even looked at it like that
2: Yeah yeah <laughs> see so I I just was uh, saying to my cousin my cousin he, uh, his name DJ Low 14 and he he do a lot of corporate gigs and mm-hmm. I be telling them, because you that nigga, man, you working on a Wednesday morning
1: for a Fortune
2: 500 company. Yeah. You feel what I'm that's saying? Man,
1: that's like, real money. I right, like you work money. on a
2: Wednesday morning, nigga. Like, we just got up. It's 10 o'clock. Well, not me because yeah. I wake up at 5, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, and I was like, yo, like, that's not even when people think about being a DJ. They think mm-hmm. about clubs and right. breaking records. And he, I'm like, you on a whole different level. And he like. Yeah. I just started doing this shit one day in the basement, bro, and getting into my plans. You feel what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and to me, like, really, like, the DJing is a secondary thing to, the like, the A&R and the, the artists and the, the executive producing and stuff I do. So I just do DJing because it's something to do, for real. Like, it's not right. like, really, like, my ultimate goal. And so, like, a lot of DJs, they do all this competition about who's the best and arguing about all this stuff that don't really matter at all to me. And so that's, that's probably why I don't even take it that serious yeah and so i just you know somebody asked me d j fine if not, I'll stay home and watch t v you know right. like it's cool but with
0: you, you 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 actually started a couple movements you started uh so after you started d j and you came with the r n s series and you also came with the when and never gets old movement like mm-hmm. see you you saying that it's just second nature to you, but it's like some pretty big things happening in St Louis because of you like so when you forefront in these movements to know that you really doing it out of love. You, you Mm -hmm. love the art form of DJing, but like to know that you started like these two big series and movements early on, like when you sit, have you ever sat back and looked at it that way or thought about it like that? Like, yo, like I'm really making this pop. Like the, these things that I thought about, like, what's that like for you when you really sit back and, and just say what you're doing to yourself after you planned it and you
1: see it. That's something I've been trying to be more like, Conscious of this year, especially because I'm I'm really like a, a modest, that devil, was whatever type of person for real. And I just like, I've been trying to be more appreciative and more like pop my shit this year than, than before because these days people don't respect it unless you do for real. And that's unfortunate, but it kind of live in a world where you got to just talk about it or if people don't believe it's happening. Yeah. And so, and <laughs> but, a lot of
2: that is people always think that they going not have time to sit back and reflect. Mm-hmm. I live in a moment. So when we do dope shit, I, we got to talk about it now. Cause mm-hmm. one of us might not wake up when we thought yeah. we was gonna be able to talk about it. So yeah. like, I, I had to start doing that too, because it's like, damn dog. That, that was dope. Like, even with this, like, yo, we talked, we've been like acquainted for years, mm-hmm. but it's like, no, she's still working. We still working. Now we're talking to her on our platform. Like, that's X. dope to me. Like, we got to appreciate that because shit, it's 2022. We probably met when? Probably,
1: probably 12? 12. 12? I say
2: 12, between 12 and 14. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when we look up, you still doing it. We look, you look up, we still doing it. It's
1: like,
0: X. no, that's dope.
1: Like, people writing books and all kind of shit.
0: Right, you even plugged us in with guests on the show before. Like your people coming through, you sent them to us before. So mm-hmm. like it's stuff like that. Like we appreciate that. So when we get the opportunity, like whenever you come out here, we definitely go do something else in person. Man, like, and I, I was
1: supposed to-, to. I was supposed to. Um, my boy had asked me to come and DJ, but then he ended up doing the event he was doing. So I was supposed to come. Uh, I was supposed to be on October tenth or something like that. But he ended up doing it, so I ain't come. Yeah, I've been trying to get out that way for a long time. I just ain't never made it happen. But I got to get it done.
2: Yeah, so listen, though. Now, coming up in St. Louis, so th- th- first let me say this, and I don't, I don't give a fuck who get mad. The backbone of the music industry has always been the Midwest region. You can put, you can say whatever artist you want, but the Midwest has sold the most records in the music industry in history. That's no rap, that's R&B, that's rock and roll, anything you can name, Right. But the Midwest always had these big ass moments. So we'll say Detroit, Detroit, Eminem, big ass moment, diamond. Mm -hmm. But the other Midwest artists who go on diamond around the same time Mm -hmm. from St. Louis is Nelly. what was the climate like when when Nelly was blowing nationwide? Because for us, I bought Nelly tape. I bought a tape. That's how I'm I'm 40 years (laughs) old. I bought the tape because I was riding around with a uh, radio in my car. My car radio was fucked up. I'm riding around with a cassette player. Mm-hmm. And uh, Down Down Baby, which is about a drive-by, what people don't understand. right? <laughs> but the first song on that bitch, he set the tone for what St. Louis really is, fuck right. what you thought from Down Down Baby. But what was the climbing in the city? Because this nigga was winning.
1: Really, when you think about it, that song goes back to what I was saying about how... Like the neighborhood I grew up grew up in was safe but dangerous a block away. Yeah. He grew up in the same kind of neighborhood. Like that's St. Louis everywhere. <laughs> like where he grew up from, like my dad grew up in uc U City. So he's from U City. My dad is from U City. Of course he's older and from a different generation of it. But like one one block in, in U City is big, big houses, mansions, another block is the projects, you know, like gang violence, murders. And it's the same thing like in little pockets all over St. Louis. That is, and then even like the song Country Grammar is like you said about a drive-by, but it's sugarcoated.
2: Yeah, right.
1: That that's St. Louis. Yeah. And yeah. I think, and even like when you go back to anybody that made it, it was that they like, we we made songs that was palatable for the world, but they was really, you know, still rugged for real. we you really listening to what they're saying.
2: Yeah, because St. Louis is a super huge gang gangbang city and people overlooking. No that question. One time. It, right. It's Bloods and Crips out there for real, and y'all
1: and, and the GDs credit, is coming up too now.
2: Look, we can credit Ice Cube song "My Summer Vacation," caught <laughs> a flight to St. Louis. It's cool. That's cool.
1: Cause, cause nobody, nobody knows. It. It. You feel what I'm saying? But like, how and, was and, that? and 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 DJ Quick, yeah, yeah just, just like, like, like Compton. You yeah. know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, that whatever <laughs> he's talk about, that the the, the that really happened to him, like yeah. See, St. That, Louis got on his ass.
2: But see, look, that's what I love about the Midwest, because we'd get on your ass, dog. It, we don't give a fuck who you are, but mm-hmm. we still love you, because there's people who love DJ Quick. That's
1: why it you know, I don't shit. know if he ever been back. Yeah. He, I, was,
0: said, I, don't I, him. Him. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I wouldn't have came back either. Fuck that. Yeah. So all these great hip hop moments is going on. You a part mm-hmm. of them, and then like you look up, is. 10 years later you've been a dj and now you the president of the coalition djs like
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's super fucking big like that's huge like reluctant
1: reluctant president
0: <laughs> did they come to you was it like a ceremony like how does this happen how does <laughs> um, this happen you
1: know what i don't saying? without getting too like specific there was a disagreement with the former president and the, the founders or whatever and so they asked me to take over and I felt like, well, even though I maybe didn't necessarily want to be the person, I realized that if I didn't, the chapter would probably dissolve and wouldn't happen. And so somebody got to do it. So I guess it's going to be me. Why not me? They won't need to be me. Because I want, because I recognize that if, if it isn't third, then the opportunities that might be a part of what comes with coalition will, will not be afforded to the DJs who don't even know what they're missing out on.
0: It's
2: right, until it'll be it's taken, taken away. Yeah. yeah. All right. I got I gotta I gotta this this only somebody from the loop could tell us this <laughs> who record was bigger locally,
1: mm-hmm. right
2: there or Nelly record?
1: Well they came out at different times, so I know, but you know what was popular. Um, see, technically it's country grammar because they kicked it off and, and country grammar is diamond, you <laughs> know, like it's no in that. like and and it, it was like the we we heard like it start with a knock we heard you know, so it's it's definitely country gram, yeah, no ground question ground. about it. But right there, I
2: had niggas saying there, you
1: feel me? Well, we say there anyway. So. That's my saying. <laughs>
2: that changed the climate of, of the nation. At yeah. the yeah. nation, you feel me? I
1: mean, but if you were in St. Louis, I think the 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 actual song that hit the most was like hood hop. Ching, like, not, not her, uh, Jay, Jay Kwan. Kwan. Yeah, like, yeah. Th- those kind of songs, like, that really wasn't big nationally, was bigger at home. And she had a song like when I was, was well, Pop Like a Dragon, yeah, that was out for a long time before it went national. Um, and, um, Ebony Eyes had her song In Your Face, that was out for a long time before it went national. Yeah,
2: yeah, what happened to her? I forgot all
1: about her. She, I far as I don't know, I think she worked a regular job now. Yeah, she,
2: she, 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 she almost was it i, I mean nationwide.
1: yeah and she yeah she she put out a major label album so she did she got there she just couldn't get over the top you know yeah and i hate shit like that
2: too because that makes people feel like a failure when it's so yeah. many accomplishments if you're and getting there yeah. and get if she came
1: this. out in a time where they weren't investing in women rappers at all you know yeah they did so that's what i'm saying before. even to
2: get a, a album yeah is an accomplishment.
1: Nah. Yeah, because she wasn't the only female rapper that got signed during that time, but she got her album out.
2: Yeah, right. You got she got her shit out. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I mean, I would I would like to talk to her just to see, you know, because back then it was her, it was Shana, but they was getting like shoestring budgets and shit like that.
1: Mm-hmm. You Thanks. know
2: what I'm saying? But it, that that was dope. I forgot about Shana. That's some Midwest shit too, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause I'm telling you, the Midwest run the game. I don't give a fuck what a nigga say. You feel me? Okay. I mean, I love Jigga like the next motherfucker, but she Jigga gotta had nine albums to go diamond. If we put it up against Nelly. you feel what I'm saying? Well, when I say that, I'm saying only people moving
1: records. You said people moving records is M Pimp Juice and
2: us. That's the second time Jigga put himself in the mix. Okay? <laughs> the first time Jigga put himself in the mix was who's the best MC, Biggie, Jay Z, or Nas? And, and now that's the the conversation. And only dudes moving records. M pimp juice and us. And two
1: of those is Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just love the Midwest, man. There's just so much about it. Uh, I mean, it come uh, it got the southern roots, but mm-hmm. when it come when it come down to it, uh, so if you from if your people from Alabama, and uh, the eastern part of Mississippi, they ended up in Chicago and Detroit. If they mm-hmm. from Oklahoma and stuff, they ended up in St. Louis and it's like, but we still got this melting pot and everybody just so different. But you just know you feel it yeah, my
1: mom. Uh, my mom was born in Louisiana, actually. OK. And my dad, he was born in St. Louis. But his, his dad and mom were born in Mississippi, like in the, in the Delta. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the Bayou area. Uh, so, yeah. And so they they migrated during those times. For sure. Oh, in the
2: Delta. So you, your family probably uh Choctaw Native American.
1: Um that I don't know. Well, and my dad's side that. is from there. My mom is from northern Louisiana, though.
2: Look into that because the Choctaw still got a treaty with the uh if you could prove you you that the tro- the Choctaw still got a treaty with the North North American government and you could benefit from that. You feel what mm. I'm saying? Like definitely. My my uh my wife, her family, well her, her great grandfather used to actually live on the reservation. He was dark mm. skinned, they paid him 50 bucks to leave. Back then, 50 bucks was like nigga hit the lot of, but they was getting dark skinned <laughs> yeah native americans you know what i'm saying so trying
1: to uh clean out the uh lineage
2: yeah yeah, <laughs> so she yeah. So we got to do some stuff about the uh lineage just so she can prove it but because once you get them records and stuff it's just mm-hmm. a lot of stuff afforded to people that they don't take advantage of and it's not mm-hmm. government assistance these are treaties that still stand to this day with the united states government because those uh because that's a nation that just live within the nation Right. So, like, people need to look into that. And usually right. if you're from the Mississippi or uh, down the Delta, nine times out of ten, you know what I'm saying, or oh, eight times okay. out of ten because it was other people.
0: Right. Right. Now, you seem like a pretty nice person, but you started this company, Mean Girls Media. And, like, again, another thing that just takes off. Like, let's talk about that. Like, Mean Girls Media, like, you are you a mean girl? Like, what's up?
1: <laughs> um, It's mostly ironic. Uh, but when we used to be doing like the street team, it wasn't just me, it was a crew of us, but we were doing like the street team and stuff. We would just, you know, do it, and then we just kind of be sitting around, and, and people used to say we look mean all the time, and so that's kind of where y'all it came supposed from. to be out here
2: passing out flyers. Y'all, <laughs> here. That's but, what
1: I mean, we'll be, be done with the flyers, and then we just be sitting in the club, like, uh, let's go home for real. That's what it was, it was
2: <laughs> but, with your homegirl when we met you. What's
1: she up to? Uh, she in the astrology now and doing all that. Okay, that's dope. She yeah. uh, she she's studying that and getting certified to you know do readings and all that. Okay, cool.
2: Yeah, so yeah. cool.
1: yeah. Shout out, uh, but yeah, Shay Ray, shout out to Shay Ray or, or Wisdom, uh, depending on who you're talking to, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so we was you know when we were doing that. We'll be sitting down and just and then also like when we be talking to artists and stuff, we'll be you know telling them the truth, and people take that as me. Sometimes you know the truth is me. Yeah, well, Mar- it the it truth is. is the truth. You. you know, <laughs> yeah
0: sometimes right, yeah. you feel
1: like it's mean i should say yeah. right right
0: right right so, that's kind of
1: where it came from and of course yeah. mean girls the movie is one of one of our favorite movies
0: right so y- y'all released some projects let's talk about all of them projects let's talk about them projects y'all been releasing over there because again you do all of you, you 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 taking it for granted all of this shit you're doing all of these people you putting on all of this exposure just coming to you could get. So, let's talk about some of these projects that you worked on with that venture of Me and Girls Media.
1: So, we started in 2012. So, we really just started when we met y'all for real. Um, and so, we actually, I'm gonna do a 10th anniversary party next month for my birthday. Um, but the first client we had was a guy called Pete Wistro. We kind of introduced him to the St. Louis market. Um, he, we did his first two projects Eyes Don't Lie and Eyes Don't Lie Too. Then after that, um, Sarah kind of split in and, and started doing her own thing, but I kept it going. And we started um, working. I teamed up with a person who was managing P.D. Wiestro when I met him, but um, he'd been helping. We kind of been partners since maybe 2016 or so. Uh, his name, Yay. We we did work on an artist named JR. He had a song with Trey Songs called Best Friend. And, uh, so we did some promo on that. That was a national song. You hear Billboard and all that. Um, and Then we doing some like smaller products that didn't necessarily go all the way there. And then 2018, 17, yeah, probably 18 into 19, I started working on my first album. It's called Chicken and Fries, uh, which is a mean compilation album with artists from St. Louis, Memphis.
2: Now, now, why Chicken and Fries? Is that your favorite snack or something?
1: It's not my favorite, but being a DJ and somebody that's in the nightlife is like, a food group at this point, you know, like yeah, right, I, yeah, look to, yeah. That's I looked at one club. day, yeah, I looked at one day and I had it like every day for that week, you know what I'm saying, and so after that I like went pescatarian for six months after that, like, but I kept the name for the album, uh, and so it's just something that, you know, street nigga, uh, club, everybody can relate to chicken and fries, and so the songs kind of follow that, that vein, and then, um, we did that album, it's got 17 songs on it, sixteen um like i say, mostly st louis a st louis artist but i got some people from memphis on there my homie from oklahoma um some assortment of people now now
0: no. let me ask you this were people making their songs for this project or were they sending you records or like, like were you make were, were different artists who would never had an opportunity to collab collabing for this project like was it that like so were you a and r in the project to release it from a dj's point of view
1: We did it both ways, I made some songs from scratch and uh, some people send me songs, I paid for all the sessions, I oversaw the mixing, the arrangements, everything. Some of it I, you know, help with the hooks, all of it, I did it from top to bottom.
2: That's dope.
1: Um, I said in all the sessions, like I said, some of the songs are sent to me, but most of them um, we did from scratch with my producers and or affiliated producers. Yeah. And then we did another song after the album and we released that at the end of 2021 called Step. That video came out at the top of when I was end of 2020, beginning of 2021, called Step with me and MC Trey. Also um oversaw that from making a beat to recording it. Uh, and that video is out now. And I got and then I put out a song earlier this year that I got with a guy from North Carolina called named Luca. It's called <clears throat> Excuse me, Ice Hockey featuring Don Tripp. And I got some other songs that i kind of been lacking on getting the, the next project done. Don uh, Memphis? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Don trip my nigga. I fuck with him. That's why yeah, I'm... Yeah, he's one
1: of my favorite rappers. And so when I got the opportunity to get a verse from him, I went ahead and did it.
2: Yeah, down Trip, that nigga, man. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Like, but he got a core fan base. You feel yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so And I'm I, one yeah. of them. Yeah, me <laughs> too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm one of them. Definitely, yeah. I, I, sometimes when I look at, like, artists that I really enjoy i would be like, is somebody suppressing their music because think about Don Tripp, right? He dropped quality music he mm-hmm. dropped it enough, but it seemed like his his profile not growing because if you like him, you like him, but he's not one of those people if you don't like him, you don't like him. so yeah, I'm mean,
1: just the marketing budget?
2: Yeah, I be wondering mm-hmm. if people be suppressing niggas though for real, for real. I can't even lie. Yeah, because definitely this,
1: algorithms and all that.
2: Like y'all are suppressing these niggas, man. And I just <laughs> hate that because people put and so you much- know
1: he he not one of them guys playing the game either. So
0: yeah, that's what's most important. Yeah, that's, that's he's yeah, he not, that, yeah. he not gonna play the game, and that, that's what it'd be when you don't play the game. But they can't stop good music because Don Trip go put out a good prop Whenever it come out, he it ain't it ain't it ain't no super fake hype around it. It ain't none of right. that. You know you about to get some solid lyrics. He could go bar for bar with whoever whoever picking now. Whoever you think can spit right. them bars, I could go get the, a Don Trip record. No and, question. You know what I'm saying. So I I that's dope that you got a verse from him. You know what I'm saying. So. Now that you accomplished all these things, like, what's next for you? Like, you did it all. you doing it all. What's next? What, what, what we got going on next? What are we waiting
1: I'm, on? I, I mean, my goal now has always been, like, we started with this, is to get St. Louis to the mountaintop. Like, it's all about that. Like I said, I I, I stuck with becoming the head of the coalition thing so I could keep St. Louis in the mix because somebody have to be in the room at the end of the day. I want to make sure the opportunities are not skipping us over. When the conversations are being had, somebody got to be in the room. And it be me, it's gotta be me. It's gotta be me. It
2: so don't have that, to be, who, but
1: at this point, it is.
2: Who that next? Bubbling right now in the street. They they almost to the surface. And you know, if this person get to the surface, they out of here. Nah, today's out of here is way different than <laughs> right. what it used to be. But like, you know, who's
1: that person? That that's that's what I was gonna say. It's hard to tell because it's so like random now. Like, I mean, there are a few people that um, are got things going on in the city, of course. Is uh. Big Boss Vet, she got some viral songs, that she signed to, I want to say Capital right now. Um, I think it's Capital, but um, and then there's uh, another female rapper named Sexy Red. I think she's with Universal or Interscope. I, I, right I, I now. don't call
2: sexy red. I don't I've seen her. Yeah. That so, red. yeah.
1: And uh, we had a couple other people who had some situations or got like, you know, national management situations. But that I think that the main thing right now is that. The songs that's being made when we were when we had things going, we made songs that were, you know, a, that appealed to the masses. And a lot of it is so niche right now. Like it's either very, very like vet, vet and boss boss vet kind of really like too TikTok sometimes or too yeah. too niche where it, it can't appeal to the masses and it don't really stick in radio. And then like the 30 D grimies and those kind of people who go viral on the internet but it's too dangerous and too and it's not really catchy or nothing like that. It, it, we got to find somebody in the middle. We aren't quite there yet, but I will say is that one of the artists that we were very close to getting there with, my boy, Young Dark, will be coming home soon. We were right there with him, then he caught his case. He sat down for about four years, but he don't tell any of that, and so we'll be charging him back up very soon.
2: Now, do you think do you think that the artist going, trying to go national too quick? Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. So like out here in the city, it's a lot. uh When I say the city, I'm talking about Detroit, but we from history. Mm-hmm. You can't spell Detroit without the I always That's remember true. that. But we don't they don't try to go national quick. They they need for the ego. They they need Michigan, not even mm-hmm. Detroit. And it's strictly yeah. for the ego. And then it grow national. Yeah. And I, I wonder is other markets like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: Yeah, in St. Louis, they might, you know, they they feel like all they got to do is get a lot of views on YouTube, but they don't do actual work to, like, actually meet people and build real relationships and stuff. They just put the videos out, and the views go up or it don't. That's it. The DJs never get the songs. We can't help them with it. They don't show up when we have our, you know, events or whatever to try and talk to them and help them. And so it's hard to do, but we're going to keep showing up.
0: Right, I, I, don't, some artists might not understand that the DJ is the most important thing. The DJ used to be the star, and then it, mm-hmm. the, it, they used to bring yes. the rapper. That's why you're an MC. You know what right. I'm saying? Exactly. So like if artists start realizing that more because just it's so much music that's released every day the it's just so hard to get through the record yeah. and picking because it's it's not even so much music it's a lot of good music being released too it's, it's not all trash it, it's a yeah. lot of good stuff coming through you know what i'm saying so um where can people find you if they wanted to reach you if they want to get you to some of their music if they wanted to just talk to you. How, how can people reach you?
1: Um, I'm at DJ mean on everything DJ K M E A N Twitter, Instagram, all of it. TikTok is DJ K mean 10, but that's because somebody took my shit. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, mean Girls Media at gmail.com M E A N G I R L Z M E D I A or 314 375
2: 6775. That was a gem. She just gave y'all the number if y'all trying to. It's a
1: Google voice number, but I have two phones. It rings both of my phones. So if I don't answer because right, I didn't she, want to.
2: Because she is an actual DJ. She's not just, uh, <laughs> she's St.
0: <laughs> Louis's DJ, but she needs records from everywhere. Yeah. yeah. yeah I hey, prefer
1: you send a text message, though, if anything.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. AJ, if they want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram and Twitter at TCEpod. Instagram and Twitter at Pod. I'm Santoine.
2: I'm Antoine.
0: I want for my brother. What I want for myself.